Um, and I want to show you that through the Word of God and then maybe a personal illustration at the, at the very end. And so I want to encourage you to take your Bible, if you would, this morning and turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, a message, as I've mentioned, entitled, Risen. Luke 24, and if you will, if you're willing and able, would you stand with your Bible? The passage should be on the screen. Let me read our text to you today. Luke 24, beginning in verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week... Very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. That happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, Two men stood by them in shining garments. And then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. Can you say amen? But he is risen. Can you say amen one more time? He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we bow before you, we thank you so much for your word. It is alive, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I pray that in the next few moments, as we open your word, dear God, that you would give us what we need to hear today. Father, I pray this morning for clarity of thought and excellent recall. Father, I pray this morning that if you would, one more time, if you just draw a circle around this preacher and let the fire of heaven fall, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There are three things that I would like for you to notice in this passage of Scripture this morning. First of all, I want us to notice together the raw emotions. The raw emotions. When you look at verse 1 of our text, it tells us that there are certain people that were heading to the tomb. 
and they were carrying spices with them. When you begin to look at that passage of Scripture, you realize that, that they were heading there not to celebrate but to mourn. We know about these women who are mentioned later in the text. We know that it was love that drew them to the tomb. They had already observed two things really before they got there. In the latter part of the, uh, of the chapter right before this, in chapter 23, it tells us that, that they had observed the burial, and then it said that they had observed the Sabbath. That they went to prepare these spices, and then it was time for Sabbath, and, and so they waited out the Sabbath. We also know from another gospel that Nicodemus had already brought over 100 pounds of spices and Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea had already anointed the body of Jesus and they had wrapped him in the burial cloths. But really that was not good enough for these women because their hearts were broken and their hearts were bereaved and, and there was such sorrow that now the Bible says on the first day of the week, on Sunday, the first day of the week, at the crack of dawn, they are heading to the tomb. It's amazing when you look at that passage. And then when you look at other of the gospel passages, you realize that on the way there, they begin to talk about what they would find when they got there. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 16 and verse 3 that they were talking amongst themselves uh, who would move that stone. They remembered the big stone and so they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? Who's going to do that? And then the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 28 uh, and verse 2, the Bible tells us this, that there was a great earthquake and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. He came and rolled back the stone. That's why in our text it says, And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. We also hear the great story that, that there were guards there. But when the guards saw the angel, that they fainted. And then evidently they came to, they saw the empty tomb, and they got them some gone. They were no longer there. But here the stone is rolled away, and, and as they arrive there, I'm telling you, their hearts were full of sorrow and, and love, as I said, had drawn them there. And I want you to notice our text. In chapter 24 and verse 3, it says this, Then they went in... And listen to this, church. They did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. They went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, there have been all kinds of theories of why the body of Jesus was not there. There's the hallucination theory that said that everyone that was there at the tomb had just sort of hallucinated that, and, and that, that, that didn't actually happen. And, and those that saw Jesus, um, the resurrected Lord, they, they hallucinated that as well. I love what 
Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, listen, by the way, over 500 people saw him, and many of them are alive right now. Go ask them. Go ask them. But there was this hallucination theory, and then there was the swoon theory. I've always liked that one. The swoon theory. That's even fun to say, isn't it? Swoon. Yeah, thank you. I love it when you help me preach. Listen, listen. The swoon theory is that Jesus didn't really die, but that he just collapsed under the pain, and, and he just sort of passed out. And so they put him in a tomb that was cold, and, and, and when he was in that cold tomb, all of a sudden he awakened, and, and he made it out because he didn't really die. Swoon theory. Then there's the stolen body theory that the disciples of the Lord stole the body of Jesus. And, and uh, later we find in another gospel that that's one of the ones that they were going to set on and, and use that one, the stolen body theory. And then, then there was the stolen body theory of not the disciples, but that the enemy stole the body of Jesus. One of the ones I read just blows me away. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard about it. There's the twin theory that that Jesus had a twin, that this was a magic trick, and, and, and Jesus kept his twin uh, sort of hidden all of his life and, uh, for this very moment, and, and the bones of Jesus, they're still there, but, but his twin started walking around. There's a Greek word for that. You know what it is? Baloney. Amen. You've been here 10 years and taught you Greek. Listen, I'm telling you, listen, baloney. And then there's the wrong tomb theory the wrong tomb theory, that they all just went somehow to the wrong tomb. When you look at this passage of Scripture, the Bible says in verse 3 that they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And then when you get to the early part of verse 4, it says this, and it happened as they were greatly perplexed. They were greatly perplexed. Listen, can you imagine Mary Magdalene and one of the other Gospels said, listen, they have taken the body of our Lord and we don't know where they've laid Him. They were absolutely perplexed. So I want you just to grab, I want you to grab that truth this morning. I want you to grab that truth this morning that, that the women that were headed to the tomb, their, their emotions were raw. And, and when they got there, it wasn't to celebrate. Their hearts were broken. We see the raw emotion. But secondly, we see something else. We see the remarkable encounter. The remarkable encounter. Notice what the Bible says in verse 4. It says, and it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this. Notice that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. We find later in this chapter, in verse 23, that those were angels. Those two men were angels. And, and we see that in the other synoptic gospels as well, that they were angels. The Bible says that, that when they saw those angels, in verse 5, that they were afraid and they bowed their faces to the earth. You can imagine that, can't you? I mean, they see angels and they are absolutely afraid and they're absolutely shocked. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been shocked in your life? 
just afraid and shocked this, this week on Monday and Tuesday, we had the great opportunity as grandparents, we got to keep Avery Kate Monday and Tuesday night. Timothy had a, a business trip in Houston, and so we got to keep her. And so this is sort of how it happens at, at our house. I don't need a lot of sleep, as you guys know. And so um, uh, I, I keep Avery upstairs in Daniel's room. Daniel sleeps downstairs. And, and Avery and I make a little fort. We make a fort, and, and there's a pop quarters, and, and there's an Avery Kate quarters, and, and so that's what we do. We go up there, and we make a fort, and, and we have the time of our lives. And so Tuesday night, um, I'll never forget it, Tuesday night, we were in the fort, and uh, we were, I was reading books to her, and we got my phone, and we were watching Elmo, and, and, and we were having the time of our lives, and she was kissing me, and I think she said something like, you're the greatest pop in the whole wide world, there's no pop. I think that's exactly, there's no pop quite like you, you're pop, pop, I think that's what happened. And so I was, I was just reading to her, and, and we were having a great time, and, and, and she sort of started, you know, you know how babies do, and she started rubbing her eyes, I thought, okay, so I, I sort of laid her down, and, and I got up, and I tiptoed to the recliner that Daniel has, and, and I was going to sleep in the recliner. So I, so I got my phone, and, and I texted Timothy, who's in Houston. I texted Leah, and I said, listen, Avery Kate is down for the count, and, uh, and she's asleep, and uh, had a great night. It was a wonderful night. Yesterday morning was great. It was, you know, I'm just texting this, and, and then all of a sudden, have you ever just felt a presence of something? Now, minutes had gone by, 15 minutes because I had checked some scores on my phone, and minutes had gone by, and, and I just felt the presence, and, and I hit send, and then I had the sensation that there was something going on, and I got my phone, and I turned the flashlight on, and I just sort of did this right here, and I'm not kidding, right at the recliner, Avery Kate was sitting there like this right here, looking at me like this right here. All I could see was her little eyes and her fingers, and she went, hi, Pop, and I, I jumped so high. I was in a recliner. I came off the recliner. I, I got airborne, I'm telling you. And I said, Avery Kate, you scared Pop to death. And she said, it's okay, Pop, it's okay. <laughs> I was, it was a nervous wreck. And she said, come with me, so... We slept in the fort all night long, I'm telling you what. <laughs> You've been shocked before. The Bible says that these ladies saw this angel and they bowed their faces down. They were absolutely, they were absolutely shocked. They were absolutely perplexed. Notice what the Bible says, and I love this. And this is getting to the reason why I'm here today. I love this. It says, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? And then look at what the Bible says in verse 6. He is not here, but is risen. Amen? He's not here. He is risen. Church, we serve a living Savior. 
He's alive today. Buddha is dead. Confucius is graveyard dead. Joseph Smith is toe-tag dead. I'm telling you right now, Muhammad is dead as a hammer, but Jesus Christ is alive, and He's alive today. We serve a living Savior. That's why I'm here today. If Jesus, if, listen, if, if, listen, if Jesus, if He were not alive, if He was still dead, there, there's no reason for any of us to be here. But we are on the winning team. Jesus is alive. They said, He is risen. I heard about a church out in the hills of Kentucky. The pastor came up with an idea to, to sort of uh, challenge them and the congregation. They were getting a little apathetic. And so he got a guy to dress up like the devil. He had horns on and a big long tail and a pitchfork. And, and he told the guy, he said, I want you to come in in the middle of the service. I'm going to be preaching on the devil. And I want you to come in in the middle of the service and just walk from pew to pew. And I'm going to sort of uh, burst them out of their apathy. Well, sure enough, right in the middle of the sermon, this guy came in dressed as the devil. He came in and, and one of the guys had fallen asleep. And when this devil-dressed-up guy got to his pew, he woke up and he looked and his eyes got this big and he jumped up and he said, I've been a member of this church for 25 years, but I've been on your team the whole time. <laughs> your team the whole time. Hey, listen. You say, wow. You say, oh my goodness. That happens more than you would ever dream. Jesus is alive. And I'm so glad that we are on the winning side. When you look at this passage of Scripture, it says in verse 6, He is not here, but He is risen. Remember, look at this, remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee. Notice what He said in verse 7, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Jesus had told them numerous times. We find one of the times in Luke chapter 9 and verse 21. And He strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one. Look at verse 22. Saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. He also mentioned it in Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 31. I want you to notice this. Then he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For He will be delivered to the Gentiles, and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge Him and kill Him, and the third day He will rise again. See, over and over I picked two, but over and over, Jesus told them that He was going to die and rise again. 
right after this passage, I think it said that they didn't really understand it. There was such confusion because they were looking for a Savior. They were looking for a Messiah that would break Rome's power. Jesus was a different kind of Messiah this time. He came in riding on a donkey. But I want you to notice what the Bible says in verse 8 of our text. Luke 24 and verse 8. But after the angels said that and reminded them, it says this, and they remembered His words. They remembered His words. Something happened in their heart. Church, we see first of all the raw emotions. Those women went to the tomb to anoint the body of a dead man. They went to the tomb with sorrow. And then we see this remarkable encounter where they, they hear from two angels. And then the third thing that I want you to notice is this, the rebuffed excitement. Notice what takes place. Look at what happens in verse 9. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Judas was no longer with them. And so these women excitedly returned. The Bible says in Matthew that that they returned with fear and with joy. And here they go to the eleven and to the rest, many of those who were in the upper room. And and it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women who were with them who told these things to the apostles. You can imagine the excitement in their heart. But notice this, and their words seemed to them, to the apostles, like idle tales. They were saying that's that's impossible. That's a tall tale. This is a bunch of nonsense. That that, that could not have happened. And, And here are the words, and they did not believe them. Do you see that? They did not believe them. And the question of the hour is this, do you believe those words? The question this morning is this, Do you believe that Jesus really lived and that He really died and that He really was buried, but three days later, up from the grave, He arose and that Jesus is alive? Do you believe that this morning? Amen? Do you believe that this Easter morning? The Bible says when they heard this, they looked at the women and said, you guys are crazy. And they shot down the excitement of these that had seen the empty tomb. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And They gave some examples. Some say Jeremiah, and some say one of the prophets, and some say John the Baptist. And then Jesus looks and says this, but who do you say that I am? And Jesus, I believe, is asking that this morning. When you look at at, at this passage of Scripture, it says in verse 11, they did not believe them, but something happened with Peter in verse 12. But Peter arose. We know that John was with him as well. And Peter arose and they ran to the tomb. John was a little younger and outran Peter. And then they stooped down and 
And Peter went in and he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And notice this, and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. I said at the very beginning of, of my thoughts here that I was going to tell you why I'm here on this Sunday morning, this Easter Sunday morning or any Sunday morning. The first reason is because Jesus is alive. That, that's the first reason. I believe this Bible from cover to cover, that it is inerrant, that it is inspired, that it is infallible. I told my small group this morning, if I did not believe that, I would just quit. I, I wouldn't do what I'm doing. That's the first reason. But let me just tell you quickly the second and how I came to that. All of you know that my dad has been diagnosed with dementia. And um, I spend time with dad and and he honestly cannot remember what he had for breakfast. He just can't remember what he had for breakfast. We'll be in an automobile heading somewhere, and, and halfway there he, he says, where are we going? You know, he, 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 his memory is just, now he can, remember, he can remember Korea when he was in the war. But he's having a lot of difficulties right now. A couple of Mondays ago, he came and he sat in my office here, my study. He was just talking. He was talking about um, the war in Korea. and He was talking about just different things that we have talked about every time we get together. And then he looked at me and this sort of out of the blue, he said, Tony... He said, when I grew up, he said, I know you know these stories. He said, but I wasn't worth anything. He said, I couldn't stay away from alcohol. I couldn't stay away from out of jail. He said, I wasn't worth anything. And then I saw a tear begin to form. He said, but your mom was precious. And your mother just kept asking me to go to church. And at that time in my life, I had no desire at all. And so I would give her excuse after excuse after excuse. And he said she would come home and wouldn't really say anything. She'd just get her Bible and begin to read and he said, but on Father's Day, when you were seven, he said, I went to church. And, and I heard all of that, but I had never heard this. He said, Tony, that preacher was preaching, and this is what he said. He quoted that passage where Jesus in the Gospels said, if you are ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. My 
my dad looked at me and he said, I sat there realizing all that I had done in life. He said, my heart began to explode. And he said to himself, there's no way that I'm going to be ashamed of you. He said, it was at that moment I jumped up. And I could not wait to get to the altar. And while I was on my way to the altar, all I could think of is you've got so much to be ashamed of me for, but I'm not ashamed of you. And he said, when I hit my knees, he said, this is what I prayed. This is what I prayed. Jesus, if you can save me, Please save me, and I'll live for you the rest of my life. And when he got that out in my study, he began to weep. He began to weep. And he said, he did it. He did it. Jesus did it. He saved my soul. When I wasn't worth anything. And on this Easter Sunday, I just want to look toward heaven. And one day I want to grab my mom and thank her for sharing Jesus with my dad and being so faithful. Why am I here today? I promise you it's not for a paycheck. I promise you that. Why am I here today? Because Jesus is alive. He's alive. I saw how he changed a man. And I'm here today because a little lady named Laureen Wilson was so in love with the Lord. That she shared him with my dad. The question is this. They did not believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. you're here this morning and you say brother brother Tony preacher I know that I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm born again I do believe I know your heart is rejoicing there may be some here this morning on this Easter Sunday morning and you've had questions, you've had doubts 
But this morning, something took place in your heart just like it took place in my dad's heart so many years ago. And you say, I do believe, I do believe. When you believe, He changes your life. Just a moment when we begin to sing, I'm going to encourage you to walk down this aisle and try to find me up here and just say, Preacher, I need to give my heart to Christ. I want my life changed forever. There are others here, and maybe you are walking at a guilty distance from the Lord Jesus. And you just want to come and get on bended knee and spend a little bit of time with the Lord. The doors of this church are open. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been visiting. Maybe you, today's the day that you want to come and place your life here. We'd love to have you. Love to have you. Very quietly, very reverently, would you stand? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just stand all over this auditorium and I'm going to pray. And right after I pray, I, I invite you to come. Do you believe today? I invite you to come. Father, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I bow before you. And Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, God, that it gets a hold of our hearts. It got a hold of my heart. Father, I just pray that if there is anyone here today and, God, they've never given their heart to Christ, that today on this Easter Sunday, 2019, oh God, I pray that today would be that day that they would come to Jesus. God, I pray if there's a man, if there's a woman, if there's a teenager, and, and Lord, they're just at a distance from you pray that this morning that they would make a decision in their heart at this altar, God, and, and draw closer to you. Would you add to our church, oh God, as you see fit, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing. Let's sing.